This is episode 100 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and in this episode, I'm turning the tables. I've invited my hubby to return to the show and interview me for a change. We did this a couple of years ago for the very first episode, and while I was producing this episode, we celebrated our ninth wedding anniversary. In this conversation, you'll get a peek at our relationship, how we survived the pandemic together, how our new horse is fitting into the herd, where I'm heading with my writing, and what's next for the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who has listened to the show, been a guest, or shared a positive review. I love that all the authors featured in the Equestrian Author Spotlight are linked through our creativity, passion for writing, and love of horses. I think it is so important to support each other. It means so much when authors unite. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horse book authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horse book. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I have a very special guest who is going to be interviewing me for my 100th episode. So I wanted to welcome my husband, my cowboy, Adam, to the show. Hi, Adam. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, sweetie. I'm so <laughs> proud of you for your 100th episode. And I'm so happy that I get to interview you and give everybody a taste of how we relate to one another. Fantastic. And for those of you who are new to the show and have just recently tuned in, Adam and I did this for my very first episode ever. So it's been a couple of years since we've done this. And what better time than at episode 100? With no further ado, Adam, take it away. Well, I, I thought it might be nice for your fans and on your 100th episode to kind of hear a little bit about what's been going on with you since your very first episode. And maybe we can open up the lid a little bit behind the curtains look in terms of what Carly's life has been like, what our lives together are like, and everybody can get a little bit of a sneak peek. So obviously a lot of things have happened since the very first episode. There's been a pandemic and you know, everybody's been forced to kind of stay at home and stuff like that. What would you say has kind of been, you know, the best part about the pandemic? And maybe what's the worst part that you've kind of experienced too? Because not everything's all sunshine and rainbows, right? So everybody can kind of relate to the good things that you've experienced, but also maybe open yourself up a little bit to the difficult things and how the challenges and how you kind of had to overcome some of those. Yeah. So the good first, I'm ever the optimist. I think my, my listeners understand that. Uh, I like to look at the bright side of things. So through the pandemic, what was very fortunate for me is that we had recently, when we did the first episode together, when you first interviewed me, we had recently moved into our first ever horse property. So through the pandemic, I've had my horses here. I wasn't, you know, kept away from the barn. If I was in a boarding situation, I was able to go out and, and be with them. And they were a very calming part mm. of my experience through the pandemic. I have an office I'm looking out at my horses right now in the pasture. And I, I feel incredibly blessed to have been 
here with them in the backyard. As an author, I found myself spending a lot of time reading and a lot of time creating. In fact, I published my fourth book during the pandemic. So I, I took that time uh, where there weren't a whole lot of other things to do, obviously, besides watch TV and spent that being creative. Also, this podcast was a, a big part of my pandemic experience. It really kept me connected with my community. I got to talk to some amazing people and just learned a lot from having that connection with them. So those, those were my bright spots of the pandemic. On the flip side, the difficult part was being separated from my family and friends and not being able to have that one-on-one contact, particularly yeah. around the holidays. That was very difficult. And on a broader scale, it really made me think about how, how fragile life and humanity can be. You know, this is, this is something that I've never experienced in my lifetime. So it really made me slow down and respect science, respect life, breathe a little bit and just be really appreciative more so than when I was going 900 miles an hour, full speed commuting and and doing all the different things that we do, we sometimes forget so I look at it as, as it was an opportunity to slow down and really kind of get a new appreciation for life and see that, that even though it was a crazy time and people were scared and that was uncomfortable, that life can go on when something of this nature is happening. I mean, look at how we're connected now, talking through Zoom and FaceTime and business still continued. So it felt like the world was tumbling, but somehow we kept it going. Right. So there was a new level of appreciation just for, for life in general, I feel like. Yeah. We, I mean, we really had to lean on each other during the difficult times. Right. And, and that was huge that, you know, I just want to say thank you for that because you really propped me up during some very difficult times that I had personally. And, And I know that I did the same for you. So it's, it's just a credit to the partnership that we have. Thank you for that. That was that was a great answer. One of the questions I have about the last few years that, you know, we've been spending a lot of time at home and stuff like that. Is there any hobbies or skills that you've kind of developed or gotten better at, would you say, during during this time with with some of the time, you know, downtime that you've had? Yeah, it really got me back out into nature in a, in a whole new way. You know, I feel really fortunate to live in Arizona. It's a very horsey place. And uh, I think we were talking in the first podcast episode about how now that we had moved here, I was really excited to bring a second horse on board so we could ride together. So we, we purchased Tanner. She's a buckskin quarter horse mare and she joined our herd right before all of this happened. And it was very interesting for me and in my, I've been with Sissy since she was three. Now she's 19. So I had this finished polished horse who I knew all her ins and outs with, but we were showing. So through all of this, we spent a lot of time outdoors and we started taking up trail riding and exploring what that was like. And in the same time, I was learning how to be with a brand new horse who was a little older. She's 14. So learning her quirks, not knowing where she came from. I got bucked off for the first time in like 15 years. That was was scary. That was so scary. (laughs) It was, uh, it was quite the adventure, but she and I are starting to bond now and we're getting along really well. And some of the things that we thought were going to happen kind of switched around. Adam was supposed to ride Tanner and I would continue on with Sissy. Well, 
Tanner needs a little bit more of an advanced rider. So Sissy has been taking care of Adam and now I'm riding Tanner on the trails. And one of the biggest things that surprised me is uh, I've been riding a lot with my neighbor. I have a, another horse, horsey neighbor next to me and we go out riding all the time. I joined a local saddle club so we could go up there and ride and keep our social distance. But we've also been exploring the trails while I'm getting familiar with Tanner. I uh, learned she was afraid of mountain bikes because <laughs> they're shiny and they go really fast and had a couple interesting whirls and spins and trying to run as we were exposing her to mountain bikes. But I have to say we've made a massive amount of progress and she's really come along and she's so sweet and she fits into the family well. But that was it was definitely a learning curve. And I was pretty grateful to to be able to focus on her through all of this because there weren't a lot of other things calling for our attention because we were pretty much stuck at home. So it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah. There, there were a lot of adventures weren't there when we went up to Flagstaff and mm-hmm. the elk and our dogs running off and, and just the, I mean, that must've been a six mile or 10 mile jaunt through the forest. And it was mm-hmm. kind of the first time that Sissy and Tanner have done that. So I'm really looking forward to doing more of that with you now that we got our feet wet on the trail riding and just doing it all over the Southwest. So yeah, I am stoked about that. Well, you know, the other thing that we did a lot of, I, I would tell your audience is we watched a lot of Netflix and <laughs> we and in Prime and Hulu and, and all these things. I mean, we've watched so many shows. So I guess for the people out there, what is there a show that sticks out to you? And by the way, this is all off the cuff. She hasn't had any of these questions ahead of time. So I'm, I'm, I'm so curious what like what was a show that you really enjoyed or what was your favorite one, would you say? Yeah, we watched a lot of TV. I'm sure a lot of people can relate with that. We Okay, so a couple come to mind right out of the gate is uh, Outlander. We discovered Outlander and my hubby actually went on... Cameo. Cameo. You went on Cameo and he had a cast member from Outlander send me a, a FaceTime video wishing me a happy birthday. So we blew through Outlander. That was a great show. And season six just came out. So it's a great time to catch up. Most of the series is on Netflix. And then The Handmaid's Tale, that was that was a wild ride. <laughs> and then we also did a lot of dabbling in documentary. Yeah. We watched a lot of documentaries, but one in particular kind of stuck in my mind, particularly with what's going on right now in the world, was World War II in color on Netflix, where they colorized all the old black and white footage, and they really go behind the scenes and pull back the curtains on on what occurred during the war, what started the war, what was going on. It really, it was really eye-opening. Yeah, but lots of TV, probably more than we should have. (laughs) You know, we watched a a lot of TV, a lot of binge watching. We also ordered a lot of Uber Eats. (laughs) So what was sort of your, have you, did you pick up any new foods that you enjoyed? Did you, what was your favorite restaurant? Did anything stick out to you as we ordered from Uber Eats at least seven nights a week? <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, we cooked at home too, but yeah, but Uber Eats was sort of another one of those blessings during the the pandemic. But my husband is obsessed with Yelp and digging up reviews and trying new places. And I, I leave kind of all that research to him. So we discovered a, a couple really fun local restaurants. What was the name of the one that's right up the street? Like Lovecraft. South, Lovecraft with a Lovecraft. Southwestern flair. They use the uh, chilies. Lovecraft is delicious. The, the chilies from New Mexico. So they have a really fun menu, like bacon wrapped jalapeno 
cream cheese poppers and all sorts of crazy things. And then I will admit it. I really like Taco Bell. <laughs> so so we, we found, we found that Taco Bell delivers fairly quickly. And then pizza is another huge item of ours. So we tried a lot of new pizza joints and discovered some new pizza. Yeah. So it was fun. It was, it was exploring. I mean, we go back for those Midwestern staples that, you know, we liked growing up, but then we would go and explore new crazy things. Um, sometimes the crazy didn't work out so well, but most of the time it was pretty delicious. <laughs> yeah. Lo- lots of good Uber eats. So, you know, the, one of the things that also happened was your hubby worked from home when I'm used to going into the office every day and being away from 7.30 a.m. to 6.30 at night, and we'd come back and get to enjoy each other's company, you know, then. But now I've been at home, and I think a lot of couples that I've talked to, a lot of friends and stuff like that have, like, some of them kind of struggled with that. Mm-hmm. But I, I have to say, like, honestly and authentically, we kind of thrived. We kind of grew together, and I personally enjoyed being at home. In fact, I'm kind of sad now we're, we're, I'm transitioning back to the office and, and I'm missing Carly and my dogs and horses and everything. But what did you, how did you, what did you think about me being at home? You better be nice. <laughs> no, I liked it. I mean, you know, we're very fortunate that we have really great communication and we get along really well. So now that you're transitioning back to the office, I I miss you. I mean, it it took a minute, right. To adjust. Like, luckily I have an office so I can come in here and close the door. And he, he kind of, you know, has another room for himself and it took a second to just get used to, to that, but it didn't take that long. We, we, it was fun to be able to have lunch together and, and have you here, but it was, it was, it was nice. And it was, it was nice to see that there can be some flexibility in the workplace and work still gets done. I think that that was a really important lesson coming out of the pandemic is that people can be functional working from a home office and they, they don't always necessarily have to be in an office. And and I'm hoping that creates some sort of shift in flexibility in people living their lives rather than having to be in an office or a cubicle from, you know, eight to six. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed me being home all the time. You know, the other thing that, you know, being home together kind of, forced us into is like either sort of flight or fight or sink or swim in terms of being a couple and being around each other that whole time in an unprecedented time right with this big pandemic going on so how how do you think we grew as a couple I mean obviously we grew right you grow you grow every year but this was a different variable so how do you think we 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 grew as a couple well, certainly our communication, right? Because it's a whole new realm. We're dealing with something that's bigger than us, something that's affecting the planet, something that we can't explain. So we were a great listening for each other. So when we wanted, when we needed to talk or communicate about it, you know, I'm grateful that I had you to share how I was feeling about it. And I feel like that's a lot of the reason why we got through this. We could really rely and trust on each other. And I think it helped us learn to explore uh, new spaces and, and get outside and do things like that, but, but respect each other's space, have respect for each other's work, right? And see how hard each other works during the day. Normally we, we would be doing that separately. So you got to see how hard I work. 
I was able to see how hard you work. So there's like this whole new level of respect for each other's work that I don't yeah. think was there prior to having gone through this together. Yeah. You know, for me, it was like a whole new level of love for you because there were times I was scared, you know, what was going on in this world. I know that I got COVID and you were really worried about that and stuff like that. But, you know, when I laid my head on the pillow at night, not knowing what the heck was going on, the one thing I could rely on is I had you and you were my rock. And, you know, I think I reciprocated that and I was your rock. So I really realized that no matter what's going on, I can all, I can always put it like, be happy that I've got you. We can, no matter what happens, the world will burn down, but we've got each other. And I think that came into focus during the pandemic. Oh, melt my heart. Now talk about, <laughs> talk about romance right there. That's, that's, thank you. That's really beautiful. And it's true. When you had COVID, that was very scary. Luckily it was after you had been vaccinated but you still got it and we slept slept in separate rooms and that was awful and you know your temperature is very high so I was you know keeping you hydrated and giving checking your temperature and making sure I was giving you fever reducers I mean that was very scary when your person is sick and you don't know what this thing is that they have like that was you know talk about anxiety but luckily you came through okay and and we were very blessed with that happened but that was yeah that was frightening speaking of swoon my next question and I'll, I'll start it out but the question I have is what are a few things that you love about me oh my and, gosh and for me I love your mind I love how inspired you are to and motivated you are to do something really big and I just I love that about you and the 99 episodes are a credit to you doing that and so what we're doing right now is why I really love you. Oh, thank you. Uh, I mean, I, that right there. That, I mean, from the moment I've met you, you have supported my dreams and been my biggest cheerleader. And you're the first person to ever read my books. And when I met you, I said, I'm a horse girl. I'm never going to not be a horse girl. And you embraced it and you learned how to ride. And then when the opportunity came for us to move for work to Texas, we I said, I'm not going without my horse. And you said, no problem. And we threw in the horse trailer and you mapped our route down there and you found us horsey hotels on the way to Texas. And she was always a part of the package. So, you know, from day one, from day one, you've respected me and my dreams and been a big support of that. And you're totally into our fur babies, which makes me very happy. (laughs) Of course. Now what I want to do is pivot over to the podcast, 99 episodes, 99 interviews, 99 conversations, 99 people's perspectives, different perspectives. Maybe I'd love to hear personally, what are, what are a few things that you've learned from speaking to so many different people and that you take with you from those, from those episodes that stand out? Three things that stand out. Well, I think first, what I want to share is 99. I mean, this is the hundredth episode. I, I didn't know when I started this, if I, if I get here, so it's, it's pretty incredible. But what I've found is that the communication or the interviews are, are really authentic when people feel like they're being listened to. So I try to be the very, very best listener I possibly can be for my guests. So they feel heard and they feel like 
I understand them. And I feel like sometimes that's why these interviews turn out so incredible because I, I really try to step back and really hear what people are saying. And it's been a great practice in listening. Uh, and I think what's been amazing is how many people are out there that are writing about horses, even if they don't own a horse or even if they're not 100% in the horse industry, there are so many more people writing about horses, writing about horses than I ever realized. And, and I'm meeting some of the most fabulous people and learning about different disciplines. What's so interesting about the horse world is, you know, you kind of grow up and sometimes you're in this one lane. And, and for me, it was, you know, horse shows. I'm talking to people who are doing all sorts of things, you know, uh, rodeo, trick training, liberty, horse racing. I mean, run the gamut and there's something to learn from, from everyone. So I have learned so much, but a couple of things really stand out for me about uh, a couple interviews. One was episode 40 with Angelica Witherspoon Casanova. She's a screenwriter and she lives in Hollywood. And most people know it's like the land of rejection. And one of the key messages in her episode was there's always a yes. You just have to be persistent and believe in yourself and keep going because the no's that turn you away steer you in the right direction to get to your yes. So that, that was one thing that really stuck with me. A second was in episode 75 with Rennie Dyball, who is the co-author of the Showstrides Young Adult series. She said, and she's ghostwritten and she's written for People Magazine. She said that every time she gets to the end of a project, and I know I've felt this way, that you worry, is there any more? Is my creativity still there? Or it's like, where has the muse gone? But she said, it's important to let your creativity rest and recharge and celebrate your successes. And then it always comes back. And I found that is 100% the case, but it really resonated with me when she said that. So, so the three things are practicing listening, uh, you get really, you get to really understand people and get incredible conversations going. Two, there's always a yes. And three, there, there's room to let the creativity breathe. And don't worry if you're creative, it always returns. <laughs> That's awesome. Some people out here might be like watching and wanting to start their own podcast up. And so I guess for those people out there, what would you say is sort of the biggest challenge and in, in getting to 100 episodes in terms of the interview process? What, what are some of the biggest challenges for those that might want to start up a podcast? I mean, one, I always harp on this on the podcast is educate, educate, educate yourself. But two is commitment. This is, you know, this is something that grows and develops as you do it more and more, but you have to be committed to a long game with a podcast. And then three, you know, there are some times where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I feel like recording this interview today. Mm. <laughs> it's like you have to bring the energy. You have to really yeah. get in the right mind frame to listen and and convey a great interview, you know, so and be prepared, you know, like prepare, prepare your interviewee so they can deliver a good interview. I always provide questions in advance so there's no surprises so people can think kind of about how they want to answer the questions. And also I'm not going to lie. It is a lot of work. You know, I do the production and the editing and the recording and the scheduling. I do it all myself and I really enjoy it. 
but it is a lot of work and you want to make sure that you're delivering the very best listening experience if you're going to start a podcast. Nice. So if, if there were maybe one or two things that you'd like to say right now on this podcast to your other 99 people that you've interviewed, what would that be? It would be, thank you so, so much. And authors unite. And I love this community of people. And I love that I'm meeting people that I didn't know before. And we're stronger when we, when we work together. I, I mean, honestly, like thank, thank you everyone for the gift of your time and for coming on the show. It's such, such a joy to have these conversations. Cool. So now shifting gears from your 99 podcasts that you've done over to the books, which is really the, the genesis of this podcast. So you said you published the fourth book. I think some people had some questions about that book. And, and one of those questions was that, how did it feel writing book four and that the main character shifted since it wasn't McKinnon and Devin front and center this time? There was there were some other people that were front and center instead of McKinnon and Devin. How did it feel writing that? It was interesting. I mean, you know, really it was the story that just bubbled up after I finished the third book where Devin and McKinnon were front and center. I mean, all the characters return in book four, but J.D. McCall, my handsome bull riding heartthrob, had a story to tell. And he also had some backstory. And I actually had readers who wanted more of JD. Some people like him, some people don't, but he's a good guy underneath it all. And, and this is that this was the opportunity for me to tell his story, uh, give him his love story as part of the Greenbrier Briar gang. So it was, it was fun. It was he's funny. It was my opportunity to kind of get in his head and play around a little. Yeah, it was it was definitely my favorite book of all of them that you wrote. I really enjoyed that. And so I'm waiting for book so is that coming and if so can you give us a little sneak peek as terms of what that is going to entail yeah so book five is being written as we speak and it's going to have kind of a similar twist as jd's story did this this one is going to have all the members of the greenberg gang and you're going to get to see how the story continues at the farm and with the horses and obviously with McKenna and Devin because their storyline isn't over. Uh, JD and Ev, their storyline isn't over. But this one, from where it's heading right now, is going to give us some interesting perspective on Sophia, who is uh, the leader of the, Green, the Greenbrier tribe. <laughs> I love it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I guess what's next? after you know what what's next in terms of you know the books obviously you're you're going to start on book five but what are the what are the precise next steps there and what's next for the podcast as you look forward you've done a hundred of these I assume you're not going to be stopping that anytime soon so where would you like to see that go so maybe you can answer the book question first and then the podcast question so what I've discovered in writing books and 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 why I started the podcast was because I wish there had been something like this podcast available there. I mean, there were a lot, but I really niched down to the equestrian space to tell the stories of people writing about horses because they're epic. And I want to put a, a spotlight on all the people that are in this, this wonderful world of horses. So it was a resource I wanted to create. So 
how I see it is I'm learning as much as listeners are by being a part of this podcast. So what, what I see for myself is I've learned, I am now a creative, I'm a writer. It wasn't just one book. It wasn't just four books. Like it's in my blood now. So I'm going to continue to write book five. We'll continue the, in the rain series. And then we'll see what the muse says at the end of that. That's usually what happens. I finished a, finish a book and then something comes up and then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's another book. So I'm not quite sure when that series will end, but I do have the beginnings of new books, new series, new things I want to try. Uh, but I wanted to com- like get the series really going before I switched gears and went to, you know, another genre or another, another book series. I wanted to, I like to binge. I like to watch shows. I don't like to wait for them. Same thing with books. So I wanted to, to give my readers that at least get all the books out there so they could enjoy that. As far as the podcast, I think it will always be a work in progress. I want to improve it, you know? So if anybody has any suggestions about more things they'd like to hear or know about, I'd be happy to start including those things. Uh, I don't see the well running dry on people who are interested in talking to me, who have awesome stories and great books that they've written. So I'm, I'm here. I, I don't want to go anywhere. I'm enjoying this immensely. And I'm, I really love meeting new people and, and hearing their stories and talking to them and giving them a, a spotlight on what they're doing in the world because creativity is amazing. <laughs> awesome. Well, hon, that's all I've got. So those are all the questions. I think I'm about ready to order some Uber Eats. What about you? <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yes, I had to wait for my hubby to finish up his workday so we could record this episode. And I so appreciate the gift of your time, Adam. Thank you for backing me up behind the cameras. Thank you. Thank you for getting in front of the camera when I ask you to. Thank you for being my first reader on my books. Thank you for telling me I can keep going when I feel like stopping. Uh, thank you for believing in me. Meeting you was was a really bright spot in my life. And thank you for seeing me through the pandemic. Love you, sweetie. Keep <laughs> doing the good stuff. And then if you want more information on the podcast, my books, or me, you can go to www.carlycadecreative.com. That's K-A-D-E. And you can get to the podcast, my books. I love to make videos on YouTube. That's one of my my other passions. I see a future in the visual realm somewhere. Uh, So come on. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. I hope it makes yours too. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes, and make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle.